Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of This Life, a podcast by Mallorca Media. I'm your host, Felix Mallorca. Thank you so much for joining me once more. Today's a really, really cool episode. I sat down and spoke with a former teacher of mine, again, and her husband. Uh, I spoke with Jewel, which sounds really weird, uh, Miss Copeland, as some of you might know her, actually, and uh, her husband, Davon. They spoke about being black in America. They spoke about what what's going on right now. They answered some of my questions. Uh, as all of you know, I've just kind of been thinking about all this stuff. I think a little bit it comes out during the episodes and I constantly ask questions and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm just looking to, to be the best I can. And I think the best way to do that is have questions with people who are older, people who have had more experience in the world, people of different color, uh, people of different backgrounds. That's super important. And I did that here. Uh, I learned a lot. I hope you learn a lot as well. They've, they've got some, uh, some gems, some, uh, they're dropping some, some knowledge. So it was great. Um, as always, uh, our sponsor is Popple. That's P O P L dot C O. Uh, Popple is a digital business card. I keep it on me at all times. I am constantly preaching about it. Why? Because it's freaking great. I give out my my business cards and people get kind of sketched out. So what I do is I ask now. I say, would you like a business card or would you just like my information? And if they say just your information, I say, hey, what kind of phone do you have? Let me see your phone. Open your phone up. Boop. And they have all of my information. So it's very convenient. It's very safe. It's very cool. Uh, yeah. So popl.co and use code this life at checkout you get 20 percent off go check them out now today uh i decided to sit down and ask questions i decided to sit down and listen i um wanted to hear opinions from people i wanted to hear i i, I feel like black voices are never really heard especially regarding all of this stuff and i would be selfish to think i know everything and understand everything i don't i really don't so we spoke about just the impact of George Floyd of last year and different questions I had different. We went on a lot of tangents. I'm not going to lie, but all in all, two very good people, two amazing parents. Uh, they're amazing at, at just life in general. Uh, I had a, a, a blast. We sat down for almost two hours and, and talked. So that's how you kind of know that. Um, that I mean, it was, it it just, we just kept going and kept going and kept going and, and it felt very, very rewarding. Um, Jewel Copeland was a teacher at my old high school and I didn't have, well, I didn't have her. I, I knew her. I knew of her. Uh, we crossed, crossed paths, uh, later on in life and it was just someone I, I respect a ton and her husband is, is, as well. I, you know, I respect what he does, what he's done. He, you know, served for this country and, He's from San Diego and you'll, you'll, you'll get to know them in the, in the first half of the, the episode. But, um, yeah, for those of you that have not done so, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, leave five stars, uh, and DM me, ask me any questions about the podcast. Ask me, you know, give me criticism if it's cool, if it's nice, <laughs> I'm a sensitive guy anyway. Um, yeah. So without further ado, oops, without further ado, here is my podcast with Jewel and Davon. Thanks for listening. 
it's way too quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of This Life. I'm your host, Felix. Who am I sitting down with? Let's see, ladies first. You are sitting with Jewel Adriana Copeland. And? Davon Raymond Copeland. <laughs> All right, Jewel Full and Davon. Now, it sounds, it sounds weird saying Jewel. It does sound weird. It sounds weird hearing it. So, <laughs> I, what do you want me to call you? <laughs> just, just, just try it. Just Jewel. go for it. All right, Jewel Copeland. Um, I'm really excited for today's episode because it's I do have a couple here and I'm going to talk about a couple couple stuff mm-hmm. but um, this is more related with race with everything that's gone on the last year uh, you were in the military yeah you're a teacher mm-hmm. so those of you listening were having kind of I don't know I think it's a great dynamic because you work for the government you're in the public sector mm-hmm. but you're uh, you're kind of allowed to have opinions ish right but you're still kind of in that gray area of like i'm gonna watch out what i say um i've worked in the public sector my brother's in the military my dad's in the military so i kind of get that like red tape yeah um but before we get too deep i want people to understand who you are as people uh so i'm gonna throw you in the hot seat it's about to get even hotter here i like it the hot seat is me asking a bunch of random questions uh they're gonna have to do some something with with the uh uh, with the actual episode, but for the most part, it's kind of random questions um, just to kind of think on your toes. There's not too many. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight questions. Bring it. You guys ready? Yep. All right. Let's do it. Uh, we'll do Jewel first. Ooh. Copeland, Miss Copeland. Okay. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do Miss Copeland first. Uh, favorite activity to do together as a couple? Workout. I, I would say that is our most common activity. Like we work out together every day, but I would say my favorite activity is to travel and I miss it. But we've, we've gotten to do a lot of road trips. We've gotten to experience a lot of different countries. So I would say travel. So I'm saying work out because I think that um, in our home, in our lives, like we have to find peace in different areas and we start every morning off with the workout. So it's like that consistency, that time that we're spending with each other, even if we're not actually doing activities together, we're in the gym together. Um, so we're up and we're achieving um, together. So to me, like that's a staple of our relationship. That's kind of like your anchor. It absolutely for the day, is. But for it, things, both. things in, in our world do not line up when we don't work out in the morning with each other. At least I think so. So, so I, I think that I think you're right. You know, traveling is is probably our favorite thing to do together. But I think that the most essential thing in our relationship is making sure that we work out. Is working out. Couple games. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Team games, baby. Um, <laughs> next one. Favorite activity to do alone, separately from each other. Reading. Jujitsu. Do you don't do jujitsu? I have <laughs> tried. I'll go train, uh-huh. um, but I don't compete. And when I think of jujitsu, like to me, ultimately it's about competing. Competing. Yeah. So, and I would argue you don't do that by yourself. No, I mean like separate <laughs> from one. He's like she is. She is uh, quite frequently um, a test dummy for me. So, so you're right. You're right. You. There's a lot of choking going on in the Copeland household. <laughs> But I'm at every oh, competition. No. I'm at just too choking. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at every competition. Oh, yeah, I'm in the stands. I've got the kids. Oh, yeah, Sorry. <laughs> I like how you're first name basis. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh yeah, Mr. Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, it's, it's really hot in here now. Um, something marriage has taught you. Mm. 
It's hard to pick one thing, but maybe one thing that you'd want to share with everyone. Oh, I'm ready. Go ahead. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm going to have to give you an example in the way that I have to. So, Go for it. Um, I'm, 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 I'm a pretty strong guy, right? People look at me and they're like, oh, that, that guy's pretty, pretty strong, right? You know, um, can make decisions, probably a good leader or whatever, whatever. Um, marriage has taught me that um, no matter what you go through in life, um, having her right be there with me um no matter what it is the good the bad the ugly um it's going to be better with her there and so the example that i give to people when they ask me about that is you know if you ask me uh one year from now two years from now five years from now ten years from now my answer is going to be the same where, where, where do i see myself if you ask me that and my answer is always going to be um you know let me ask my wife and the first thing that someone's gonna think is, oh man, that guy's whooped. You like she's whipped. got him, she's got him, she's got him in check, right? That's what I thought. But, but <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? That's usually that's usually the um, the immediate reaction. But in my mind, I don't see myself doing anything without my wife. I don't see my life without her. So, um, although I can make decisions on my own and do all that stuff, I don't want to. Why would I have to when I got her? Damn, I know it's a hard act Tough to act. follow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally gonna say the same thing. Tough act to follow. Go for it. Um, I think best. that the number one thing that marriage has taught me is the value of family. And I think that growing up, I didn't have a good family base. I didn't have a good foundation. And even when Davon proposed to me, he said, on bended knee, right? Like, I know you haven't always had stability. I know you haven't always had someone there for you, but I want to be that person. I want to build with you. And I want you to have family with me. And so when you don't have something, I think part of being resilient is you learn to train yourself to not need it. So I didn't need anyone. I didn't need a base. I didn't need any of those things. And now... I can't fathom not having those things. So I've learned a lot about family. I've learned a lot about extended family and compromise and and even like sibling relationships. Like we have five kids and all the time he tells me, you don't get it because you don't, you didn't grow up with your brothers and sisters. I'm like, yeah. you're right, because that sounds terrible to me. But <laughs> 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 like, so I, I, I had to learn about family in order to have a family, mm -hmm. I guess is the short answer. I mean that was beautiful. That was beautiful. I would have just been like, eh, talk or don't go to bed angry. <laughs> the one that everyone says. Yeah. But then research has shown like if you go to bed, you try to fix it before bed. Yeah. Go then you you're sleep. you're just gonna be thinking about it. Like, exactly. Yeah. Did I really do that right? Like, women. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I disagree with what he just said. <laughs> Good call, babe. Good call. <laughs> I was testing you. Um, Let's see, how, oh, here we go. How has race, sorry, how has race influenced everything you do in life? I'll start this time. Go for it. So, I'm a military brat, and... Um, which means? Which means that both my parents were in the army, mm. so we moved around a lot. And um, I actually started my education while I was in Germany. So, when I came back to the United States, um, I didn't know what black meant until it became a thing <laughs> um, here in the United States in the way that people saw me and also in the way that they saw me with my Mexican mother because I'm also biracial. 
so um and very dark go ahead no. and, and yes and i <laughs> i am dark and she was not she was from Guadalajara, right oh, so nice. she's yeah so um very very pale hazel eyes didn't even actually look mexican either yeah right so there's there's a lot of dynamic there and um i had a lot of i had a lot of identity searching like identify like when you when you grow up biracial you don't ever feel completely a part of either race right so um you aren't mexican enough you're not black enough you don't fit in you people assume you're one thing but you identify more the other like there, there's all of these things that you have to go through and i think in terms of how it has shaped how we maneuver in this world for me um in terms of education i'm very very um, conscious of student identity I'm very, very conscious of my parents that I interact with. My mom always felt really uncomfortable in school. She always felt like people um, didn't want to help her because of her accent or they thought that she was dumb because she had an accent. So I always right. want to make sure that I'm providing customer service for our parents when they enter the school setting because I don't know what their school experience has been like. Yep. And. Um, there's that element, but then there's also the element with our children. So I didn't learn about race in a positive way. It was in a negative connotation. And I remember the first time being called the N-word. I remember the first time um, someone saying something to me and me not understanding what was going on and then having to go and ask about it. So before our children started going to school, I very consciously had a discussion with them about race. Mm -hmm. So I remember distinctly with Daraji, before kindergarten, I sat down with Daraji and I said, Daraji, what color are you? And he goes, I'm brown. No. <laughs> right? And I was yeah. like, yeah, uh, people are going to say you're black. And he goes, but I'm not. He's a matter of fact kid. <laughs> He's the matter of fact kid. He's matter of fact kid. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but... But, that's know. what we. That's what people are gonna say, and we are. We're black. Yeah. And he goes, all right. And then I go, what color is Maddie? Which was our friend down the street. And he goes, well, I don't know, but like when she gets mad, she turns red. <laughs> 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 You're right. And people are gonna say she's white, but she's not, Mom. And I'm like, I know, but that's what people are gonna say. And I want you to know that when you are at school, if something happens and someone says anything about your skin that you have beautiful chocolate brown skin. And he goes, and you love chocolate. I'm like, I do, she I does. do, I love chocolate. <laughs> and I think you're beautiful and you need to know you're beautiful and you have beautiful chocolate brown skin and no matter what anyone says to you, I want you to hold that piece. That's sweet. What and then he, he was like, okay. And then he ran off and played. Yeah. But that, from that point forward, we started really, really focusing on black history. And that became an element of our household. But I had to do it first so be. that we could shape that conversation. Right. So that his first experience wasn't, oh, no, I'm this. It was, what are you talking about? I'm awesome. Right. So I, I think that that experience trickled in it, it, it's shaped how I handle things professionally and it's shaped how we really focus in and raise our children as well and and I distinctly remember having the conversation with two of my friends 
both are in education, Mrs. Sovacool and Mrs. Guerra, right? We went out to lunch. Call them out. Yeah. <laughs> and we were sitting down and I told them that I had had this conversation with Raji because we all have kids that are about the same age. And Mrs. Sovacool said, I don't think that I would even say that to yeah, my why girls. Would you do like, that? why would you do that? Like, it's better if they don't see race. And I was like, but everybody else is going to see him that way. Right. And if I don't do this, then how's he going to respond when so- someone says something? Or like something negative. Or like if you're in class and the teacher is reading something in the curriculum and drops the N-bomb and everybody turns around and looks at you. Yeah. Well, hopefully right. not until about time, ninth grade, right? but yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You brought up a lot of good points that I want to talk about yeah. later, but we're still in the hot seat. We're sweating. Um, sir? Okay. So um, I grew up in, in the hood like Southeast Diego. Um, parents moved early from Columbus, Ohio, and we grew up in San Diego. And um, I gotta be honest with you, uh, race, race. my parents made sure that we went to a good school. So I would wake up first thing in the morning, I would get on a city bus, right? Like young dude, get on the city bus, and I would get on three buses and a trolley to get to the elementary school. And I was a little dude with a bus pass. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious as, from the top, right, right, you know what right. I'm saying? So, um, you know, you, you, you gotta learn quick, right? Um, in the neighborhoods that we were in, the schools weren't that great. So they wanted to make sure that we were good. But, um, you know, um, code switching early on was a huge thing, um, you know, we don't act like that. We don't do this. We don't do that. Um, but then, you know, when we're with with our people, then, you know, the language is a whole whole lot different. You know, there's a level of comfort and everything like that there. Um, but as I got older, I realized how to navigate the world through the lens of race. Right. right. Um, we ended up um, when I was in high school and I'm just going to skip skip all the stuff in between. But um, in high school we hit the section eight lottery and for those of you that don't know what the section eight lottery is um it's not like the real lottery um it's it's you get you get pick of the low income housing that just now got built and it just so happens that the lottery that we hit was in del mar okay so up to this point i didn't realize how how poor we were right until we moved up to to tory pines and um things were very different there so i went to tory pines for two years and um, you know, there was a lot of uh, racial stuff that that went on there. Um, by and large, I got treated pretty well um, by the people that were there and everything like that. Um, but uh, it wasn't until, and you know, there were situations of race that happened throughout school, and and that's going to happen on any campus or anything like that. But um, mm. once I, <laughs> you don't think so? I'm listening to you say that by and large you were treated very well, but I have two distinct stories in my head of what happened when you were there, and none of that is okay and shouldn't happen on any campus. I think it, it, so you're going it's, it's one of those. Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. I'm, so there were incidents that happened. Um, somebody, you know, wrote "die n word" in, in a locker. Um, you know, and we ended up fighting. There was a, another reason. The reason why we we ended up getting evicted out of out of the um the but pause they wrote die n-word on your locker and how long did it stay up oh man it was for a minute it was it was in there they didn't clean it off oh yeah so every day you're going in to your locker but again right so this speaks to how race right like you're expected as a black person to just deal you understand what i'm saying And, and and although although um, you helped me out with that, right? I wanted to get into the the military aspect, yes, right. 
because that's where I really realized that there are problems that we're going to have out there. And although, um, you know, somebody, somebody being in the military or law enforcement or whatever, however you want to paint it, those, those service jobs where people are supposed to do the right thing, especially do the right thing when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I found myself maturing and there was an intersection in my life. Am I going to sit here and be silent or am I going to do something about it? Um, my first ship, I checked on board the ship and I had this, this, uh, this white guy, he was a chief and chiefs are like the back, like seriously, the backbone of the Navy. Right. And the chief tells me, Hey, we got a gun shoot. And I'm like, Oh cool. Cause you know, my job, we deal with weapons and everything. And he's like, uh, if I, if I put, if I put a, um, if I take you to the gun range, I bet that if I, I drove a car out, um, and let you shoot from out of the car, you'd hit every target. This is this is my chief. Drive by joke, right? Oh, <laughs> for those of yeah. you that live in Del Mar. So, so yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the type of things. And and the the higher ranking in the military I got, I realized that, um, especially when I made chief, I was told like, "You're too loud. You're too this. You're too that. Be quiet," and all this other stuff. And I realized real 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 quick that that people wanted me to make myself smaller for rooms that I had outgrown. And if I wasn't going to um, be that, then I wasn't going to have success. Um, And that ended up being a lie. I did pretty well in the military. Um, And it takes a little bit of indoctrinating, right, to, to, to be successful in military. But after I retired, I realized through all of the racism and everything that I've had to go through, whether it be in my life prior to the military or during the military, I promised myself that I would never do that anymore. Um, so there is power in, in knowing who you are, owning who you are, and, and, and not being apologetic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I go to work every day and I have a responsibility because I'm being looked at as a represent representative of the black community, right? But but more than anything, I have children that are looking up to me. Right. Right. I have cousins that are looking up to me. And and so I hold that responsibility dear and near to my heart and I would never do anything to um destroy that. So as a black man, um it's the first thing that people see and it's the first thing that people judge. So right. I got to be a, a, a strong representative of that um, first, because that's what people see first. Even, even, even if, if, if it's not what, what someone may say or, or whatever, it's the first thing that you see. Yeah. Right. So um, I, I mean, I don't want to compare myself to that because obviously it's different, but I kind of get that sometimes. Mm-hmm when I work with you know people from Carlsbad or something like that and they they kind of do like the whole oh you're just a kid I'm like yeah I'm just a kid they're like where are you from Escondido and they're like oh oh Escondido Mm -hmm. nice and I know it's not like a it's probably not a malicious thing but it's like oh you're like a young brown kid yeah (laughs) you know what I mean and I just kind of like I'm like uh and obviously yours is more severe like someone writing on your locker but yeah. that kind of shows uh the extent of like how like people of color just kind of have to sit there and go yeah that's a, okay yeah all right 
and just wait for it to yeah because they have no other choice yeah and when i say they i i always tell like yes i'm a person of color and everything but i came from privilege like i have i mean you you taught at the school i went to it's not nearly as bad um as everyone thinks it is exactly and obviously we had our moments and stuff Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i come from privilege i've had racism happen to me Mm -hmm. like little stints and stuff where yeah but again, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, it's just, it's going to happen. Yeah, um, there's levels to it. Yeah, those are, <laughs> those are some great responses. Um, all right. And I don't think that anyone should ever minimize their experience. I think that as people of color overall, we are forced to navigate in a certain way. And I think that it does get normalized so much so that sometimes we don't realize until we start saying it out loud. Yeah. Right. Uh, it was just a joke. Relax. Yeah, th- that's not what they meant. Um, but I dislike the idea or the notion that discrimination has to be intentional. Right. Right. So whether that was your intent or not, that was the impact. Yeah. Like the drive by joke. Right. Quote unquote joke. So I just think that we have to be very cautious of that, especially in a world where people like to deflect discrimination for people of color by saying, um, well, I don't even see race, but you do, or yeah. you wouldn't have made that statement, right? <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So, um, I think that those we have to. So here's what I say to in class now: we have to raise our stamina for having discussions about race. Okay, right? that's smart. All right, let's talk about a bunch of other crap that doesn't matter. Uh, best <laughs> thing, best thing. I wrote these, so <laughs> we got a problem. Three o'clock uh, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, three three p.m. I had a great idea. Uh, <laughs> what's the best thing about where you live? So we just moved to Escondido. I saw that. Yeah, we are. We are now Escondido residents from Mira Mesa. Okay. And so I would say the best thing about our new home mm-hmm. is our neighbors. Um, we have. Um, a new pod where the kids can run out, they can go back and forth, and it's nice to have uh, neighbors who will drop off food for you just because. It's nice to have neighbors who bring you flowers on the International Day of the Woman because they think you're great. Like, it's just, it's, awesome. it's nice to have that. Um, it will be nice whenever we go back to school to be so close to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not have that long commute. Um, and it's really nice to have fresh oranges and lemons and peppers avocados. and avocados. Dude, we have some sort of weird micro microclimate here because my mom always plants random stuff. And it just grows. And it grows. Yeah. It's amazing. Like we have guayaba in our front yard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> some like tropical ass fruits. And you're yeah. like, we got bananas too. Okay. Yeah, we have plantains. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's That's amazing. Insane. So there, there's a lot to really appreciate. Free shavaka dudes. <laughs> Free Shavaka dudes. <laughs> Free Shavaka dudes. <laughs> Devon? Yeah, so um, I would have to agree. The best thing about our, um, our our neighborhood, our new home is our neighborhood. But I, w- I will say this. We did just move from Mira Mesa. And Mira Mesa is the most diverse, the most welcoming, the most caring community that I've ever had the privilege of living in. I think that Mira Mesa is a special place. Um, the school that that we have our kids um, going to was Eric, Erickson's elementary school, and then Challenger is the the high school, our junior high. Um, Erickson is is if you walk into the school when they're you know pre COVID, um, you could see every race like 
lined up. Just lined up. Yeah. Big old melting pot. Right. You know what I mean? true diversity. Like like (laughs) the definition of it. You know what I mean? And the names and the children and like. It's such a central location. Yeah. Yeah. Mirror Mace is the type of place where um, I I was running and somebody said something like racist to me and I wasn't paying attention. Like somebody, some random dude, old, old guy said something and a white dude is on his porch and he goes out and he's like, hey, we don't do that around here. <laughs> Go oh, on. Yeah. And he didn't even know who I was. Like, so like, it, it, it's just special. It's just special. So um, our community feels that way um, with our neighbors um, and it's diverse too. So, so yeah. Well, Love our it. street is. The street, <laughs> street is. The street is. Everything else is white. Um, <laughs> I say that. <laughs> I said it. Uh, <laughs> biggest biggest advice you can give to new parents. I have a, I have a couple friends who are just now becoming parents. Quarantine got you know yeah. got a little hot and heavy, uh, <laughs> and they're becoming new parents. What when you first held that little that little your little nugget your little nugget your awesome responsibility. Yes, I call them punk nuggets now. Yeah, there you, you go. <laughs> That's what they turn into. Um, if I were to give advice to new parents. I mean, I know it it sounds cliche, but really do appreciate that time when they're little because it is really, really fast. And I think that I didn't appreciate it until the last one because I had my tubes tied and I knew I wasn't going to have another one. Right. So I really slowed down and took that time. Sounds like it. (laughs) We have five kids. I know, I know. So, gotcha again. <laughs> I think that, yeah, just really taking the time to enjoy all of those little moments. Um, I will also say money, money is an issue. Money's hard. But we were blessed that I was able to go part time um, and spend basically elementary school at home with the kids. And um, I think a lot of times people tell you you want to be home when they're in high school. Mm-hmm. Or you want to be home when they're young. I feel like young. I would love to have them. I, I'm I'm appreciative that I had the time when they were young. I got to go on. I, like I got to go to school. I got to be a like a, the, a the, the, the classroom mom and do do games and do all those things. I got to do all of those things. But when our oldest was at Orange Glen, I felt like it was so imperative that I was part time for him too. It right. just happened to line up. So I always knew what was going on because I knew all the homies. Uh, when when he couldn't drive, I drove people to the games and right. dropped them off at the dances and the basketball games. And I would almost argue that if you have to work early, it's better to be around later. That makes sense. Especially, we have one in middle school right now, and middle school's hard. It is. It's really, really hard. Yeah. So it's awkward stage. It's awkward stage, and I, I so I, again, I feel like people always tell you enjoy the beginning and make sure you're around for that. And while I would advise you to take that time, then I would also say that every stage of development is so important. Right. That it doesn't matter when you can do it; it matters. Yeah. And the next thing I would say is, don't forget your relationship. Right. Yes. I think I one see of the yes. 
I think one of the great things that we've done, whether it's working out or traveling, is that we always have quality time where it's just us. Yep. And I think that the best gift that you can give your children is a strong relationship, whether that is marriage or otherwise, like whatever that looks like. But I think that giving them a strong relationship with the parents is so important for them to have that model. And so don't forget your significant other. They also see what healthy is yes. right. rather than going online and yes. looking up and, stuff and prioritizing yeah. like right your 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 love for your husband or your wife if they don't see that yep it's a wrap that's very true so any other so for me um people say that terrible twos are bad <laughs> <laughs> terrible twos are not terrible teenage years i have no. never no, no. I'm, I'm okay with teenagers because I can logically, I, I can get you. Right. I, can, I can figure you out, right? right? I can watch you. You're going to establish a pattern and I'm going to get you, right? That's the military talking, right? Right. Um, but it's true. So, yeah, it is. It is. Um, dude, I've never wanted to send a child to Jesus to go meet him more than a three-year-old. <laughs> They're terrorists. It, I'm gonna tell you right now. In the military, <laughs> in the military, we don't negotiate with terrorists. But as a parent, you will negotiate with a three-year-old. I'm telling you right now. Is that where the no's they, are coming in? No, the no isn't even bad. It's the it's the way that they talk to you. They everything is such a matter of fact, and like it's 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 it. The whys become like you think a, you think a teenager snaps. Th no one snaps yeah. more than a three-year-old right and and their version of the world is so like different than ours like all mixed in with the imagination and all those other things like and, and sometimes you'll be like oh you know you look at a kid and you're like that kid's lying no that's the way that they see the world now now as a parent you're like oh man i messed up that's the way that they see the world we we're just like doing some reading like probably a couple months ago about how kids um they absorb everything and you'll you, as an adult you you'll clearly be like dude you're lying yeah but they're not that's, that's what the way believe. that they see the world. Yeah. So, that's exactly. or that's what so, they want to happen. Right, right, right. And so, and then the, the 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 other thing is this, man. Like, just be there. You know what I mean? Just be there, and, and love them, and love on them, and you know, let them know that they're 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 worthy, that they're valuable. You know what I'm saying? Still discipline because that that's a part of parenting, right? But you got to let them know that they are important. You got to let them know that there's nobody out there that is made like them. You know what I'm saying? And and empower them to 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 speak up, empower them to be strong, empower Disrupt. them to do the things right. Because at the end of the day, like and I I have this conversation with people all the time, man. Like you think about and, and this is oversimplifying it. Like some people are gonna raise like roll their eyes or whatever when right. they're hearing this, but this is like as a parent, it is not your job to control. As a parent, it's your job to, to show them who they're going to be until they're old enough and mature enough to make that decision. And sometimes they may leave before they before they are. Right. It's their choice. But but if you think about like a, a, a seed, right, it, it fell from a plant. So a big, mighty tree drops and then another tree sprouts that that tree's not doing anything to stop that plant from growing the way that it wants to and and reaching for the sky so as a parent your job is to nurture your job is to protect your job is to give it give it some sunshine give it some life give it some love and, and to teach it to be autonomous and make decisions it is not your job to control because the moment that you think that you're going to control it you're going to lose it you're going to lose them you're and, then, and then you're and then exactly and then they hit you yeah, yeah. 
and then you're spending <laughs> and then you're spending a whole lot of time like Pretty trying to fix easy. things right right like fix things instead of instead of loving on them right yeah. right and i'm saying that from experience mm-hmm. yeah you know what i'm saying that well i mean i think the old school way quote unquote that's how we're raised yeah. yeah and we're not the same generation but we have that little trickle of yeah say something that you shouldn't you're gonna get spanked yeah right? and you don't get to sit down and like talk to like do you understand why what you said yeah. was you know so then you just become like you know scared or angry yeah. or and that's how it happens I mean our parents and I tell my mom all the time but I mean both my parents I'm like you guys you were my age yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow you were like I'm proud of you I was like why yeah. <laughs> you know I was, and you're like oh you're doing so many things I was like I guess yeah. <laughs> you know but I I just think about throw a kid in the mix oh forget about it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's freaking crazy so that's why one of the ideas i was like well you guys have five kids mm-hmm. should ask this question i know that was a i hope you guys got <laughs> listening out there got uh something from this all right last two uh burger or pizza mm. burger <sighs> i love 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 Bacon cheese burger deliciousness. You ever been a burger? All bench? the carbs. We haven't. We, we were just looking across. at it. Yeah. Um, I, I, the best. But I, I, I felt you trying I to feel like, like she. I feel like she just betrayed all of us. Well, <laughs> our whole family, our whole way of life. <laughs> so every family. Friday. Every Friday, our family pizza. Every Friday we have Pizza Friday. So much so that we gave the kids the option. Cause she's like super Catholic, right? Right. Okay. So we're like Lent. What are we doing? We're gonna do acts of kindness. We're gonna we're gonna do acts of kindness, and because we've we've lost so much during COVID, like it hasn't been bad, as as you know somebody else's situation. But we've decided that we're not gonna make you guys give up anything during during COVID because you know we've given up a lot. And our son, our Here son comes Raji, Raji, our son Raji, <laughs> our son Raji goes. We got to give up pizza. We have to sacrifice like Jesus. We got to like sacrifice Jesus. like Jesus oh, did. No. And I'm sitting there like, bro, I'm already doing this keto diet to help a friend <laughs> out, right? And you taking my pizza and I can't eat meat on Friday? Like, come on, man. Like, I'm Baptist. Like, I'm, I'm apostolic, <laughs> bro. Like, <laughs> and it means I have to cook an extra night. So I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, man. So, so yeah, that look was because she was supposed to, supposed to stick with the family, but I ain't gonna lie, like, we we are a burger family. I love burger. Yeah. We are a burger family. I'm telling you, burger bench. But that's a that's a messed up. That's a mess. That's you trying to cause problems in our <laughs> relationship. That's a, hard, that's a hard question. That's why I'm here. Man. That I'm was here. harder than like the, the kid question. I, uh, <laughs> I gave you a look too. Like I was like, you better say pizza. <laughs> and I'm here for the views, nothing else. You know, so if you guys get a divorce, you can pay me for it. I don't um, even know. I don't even know how to use that in uh-uh, a sentence. I don't know. What's that D word? <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, all right, last one. This is super random. Favorite body part to work out? Leg day. Chest. ICD. International Chest Day. Stop playing. Mondays. Yeah. Tuesday. It's a thing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I used to. I used to go to the. I used to hit the gym sometimes, and then I started <laughs> doing this CrossFit, and I was like, oh, this is for my body type. Yeah. It's better. I'm not. Let's be real. I'm not a bodybuilder. Yeah. I'm a little dude. I'd rather just be fit. Yeah. But anyway. CrossFit's fun. It changes. Yeah, it's it's it's, hard. Some, it's something else. It teaches yeah. teach you resiliency. Else. That's what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they have a a great crew here, and like they're 
their community. Anyone listening that's looking for a gym, good local gym, uh, Iconic. This is Iconic Fitness is where my um, office is. Come say hi. Come try to class out. I think they do like free weeks. So anyway, you guys want to take a break? Or are you good? You still going? Can I get a break for my headphones? I'm yeah. Problem. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can tell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. We, we kind of touched on this already during the hot seat. Uh, but race. That's kind of why I brought you both here. Uh, it's been a weird year. And I can't think of anyone better to talk to this about than yourselves. You both have kind of a, a way of thinking. You're obviously a black woman who's a scholar. Um, you, my friend, were in the military. Uh, and you came from, I mean, would you say nothing or just maybe poverty no, or we we didn't have anything man there were times where we had to get the extension cord plug up to the to the neighbor's house or we had a five gallon bucket and we had to boil water to you know what i'm saying like yeah. wash it wash our bodies and stuff so exactly I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say nothing yeah so i'm what you look like when you're not supposed to be here <laughs> there you go so so you're uh you beat the statistic yeah um and I've just kind of, with this whole thing, I feel like a kid again. I feel like a kid that doesn't know anything, that doesn't know any better, that hears all these different things and people saying a certain something and someone else saying something else, and especially with this whole Black Lives Matter thing. When it started out, it was an idea. It was Black Lives Matter, black people have been oppressed forever. Me, I'm all about that. I completely agree, and it's still a huge problem I saw some lady, some white lady getting um, cuffed this morning on, on Instagram. She was white and she goes, this is police brutality for all of you. And then everyone in the establishment goes, no, it's not. <laughs> and you just hear a bunch of, no, it's not. No, no, yeah. no, it's not. We all know. Mm-hmm. I'm also tired of every single summer we watch a black guy die. That's, it, it started and I remember <laughs> I was sitting at the, I was sitting on the toilet at 24 hour fitness. It was like three in the morning. Um, I used to work out that early. And I'm sitting there watching Eric Garner, I think. He was the yeah. one that I just getting murdered. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And then I thought, well, what was he doing before? Right. Right? Because they socialized to think that. Exactly. Well, maybe he was causing a ruckus. Maybe he was he was just he was selling loose cigarettes. Mm. Which I guess is wrong. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Anyway, oh, sorry. <laughs> um but anyway. Every single summer, it seems like these things happen, and you're kind of left to wonder why. So then you get all of these what I call virtue signalers that when these things happen, they they're like there's that little gif of uh, Kim Kardashian coming out of the bush, and she's mm-hmm. like just yeah. coming around the corner. And I feel like there's so many people that are just virtue signalers and are not having these conversations and aren't trying to understand, but they're listening to things and just being like. That's what it is now. No, that, this is what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been confusing to me as well. Uh, go ahead. I think part of that, though, is because racism and systemic racism is malleable by nature and has constantly evolving. Right. And so as it continues to shift, then the responses shift. And when... And I, and I hear you, like it, it does, every summer, like there, there's a, a big story. Um, but what I would say is 
those are just now starting to come out with the advent of social media. So like if I sit down with a bunch of black people and we talk about our experiences with the police, they're not different conversations than they were 10 years ago. Right. It's just that now it's on camera. That's what, yep. So. And that's real because think of all the, all the music that's out there. You go to every, to every 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And you go to whoever was hot then. The music is saying police brutality. Stop killing Nas. us. Stop. Nas. Yep. Tupac. Marvin Gaye. Like, we can keep on. We can go. Like, Oh, yeah. What's going on? Yep. Yeah. And it's all these beautiful songs that people are just like, yeah, this is great. And mm-hmm. it's like, he's talking about pain. Like, you know that, right? right. And, and, and racism. Um, I think something and, and something that I've talked about on the podcast before, I talked about it last week is I think these these companies and I want to hear your opinion about this because mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of been saying this uh, but I think these companies have taken this idea that Black Lives Matter that uh, systemic racism is a real thing and they're turning it into a marketing campaign I'm seeing just I mean I'm walking into Nike and it's like you know we love you know we love black people and mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to show you this um there's a corner at Target, and I talked about this last episode as well, uh, my episode with Randy. But there's a cor- the, the little section when you walk into the Escondido Target, um, and it has like BLM and like we love, I don't know, black people. And there's this shirt here. If you could read that, what does that shirt say? Ooh, okay. So I love this company. Okay. So this company is called Mess in a Bottle, but mm-hmm. it's Message in a Bottle, and it's owned by a black woman, and she's fantastic. And there I think go. I just posted a picture of myself wearing one of her shirts that says, strong is the woman next to me. Okay. Message, right? And I posted right. it for Women's History Month. So she just got the contract with as Target. part of, with Target as part of their attempt to support black businesses during Black History Month, okay. and then they extended it because it did so well. So, do so. I'll backtrack. Do I think that companies are using this as a gimmick? Yes, but I also think that it is going to be the kiss of death, essentially, to any company that is not on the right side of history right now. Right. So it's almost like. If you aren't doing it, then you're going to be losing business because I'm going to take it to someone who is. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are in a revitalization era. So when I think Black Wall Street, when I think, right, these, these thriving, thriving communities of color throughout the U.S. history that are not in your history books. Um, It was, oh, this district is redlined, this is redlined, great migration, you can't live here, you can't live here, fine, we'll live here, and then we're gonna create this, and then it gets burned down. But all of those, those spaces were created by people of color putting money into businesses of color into their own so i think we're in a period of um a revitalization i would argue the civil rights movement like let's just be honest the civil rights movement in the 60s it didn't get traction until uh, kids were 
on television being sprayed down with hoses. Kids on television were going and demanding to be um, seated in and and uh, serviced in the white section as opposed to the colored section. And then America had to watch, yeah. right? Them right. Get them get the, ripped from the seats. Which and, is exactly and, which is is exactly what happened if you really think about it with George Floyd. How many black bodies were being splattered? How many times were you sitting on a toilet at 24 Hour Fitness at 3 a.m. in the morning seeing a black body getting killed? Yeah. Or a black Before baby anybody. getting rolled up on and given three seconds to... Yeah. Tamir Rice, right? Right. Right. How many, how many, how many times did we have to see that, that, that justice was not being given to everybody? That, that, that the scales were tipped, right? Because if I, if I, if I you know, commit a crime, then I'm supposed to be able to get judged by my peers. I'm not supposed to die right. over selling cigarettes, right? And so, so looking at at history juxtaposed to, you know, George Floyd, right? We had to see that, and you know, it was a, per- it was a perfect storm. Let's be real. Oh yeah, COVID, COVID. happened. Yep. COVID happened. So everybody was on social media. Brianna everybody Taylor. was at home. Everybody was at home, and then boom, this happens, yep. right? Just like Emmett Till, mm-hmm. everybody was home. Yep. Everybody was watching on TV. Everybody had to see that, right? So, so to your to your to your point to your question, right? Um, I know when you look at that, it looks like it might be pandering, right? And I could see that, at le- yeah, right? At least the immediate, yeah. the immediate, the immediate, the immediate thought is this is pandering. But how many times have you gone into Target and seen any black company being promoted at Target? So. Not even makeup. Where, like not even if I want to try and go buy stuff. Right. Yeah. She can't get stuff that's her her skin tone. You understand what I'm saying? So when you when you think about the big picture, right? There there there's different ways that we're gonna look at this, right? I'm one hundred percent with you. Yeah. Is it pandering? Could it be pandering? Is this opportunity? Yeah. But is this an opportunity for somebody that should have gotten it that never got it before because of the color of their skin? Right? Right. You understand what I'm saying? No, so, I get it now. 100%. So so um and in the past like we we network a lot and and we network military network we network education network we network people of color <laughs> right and 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 I say that very purposely yeah, not just black but people of yeah. color and very often there are these movements that you are not seeing outside but that okay these are black businesses hair care products these are not black businesses but these ones are so let's start putting our money into businesses owned by black people for the that cater for <laughs> black people and, right and so when i see her get that get that um that target that target um contract yeah. i'm like cool okay. now i don't oh, have yeah. to go find you right because before i had to do my research to go find you right and here's the thing, right? When you start talking about like the, the, the gap, the wealth gap, right? That's a start, yeah. right? That's a start. Not to say that there isn't anybody else out there doing anything or whatever, but that's a start. Especially when you talk about the dollar circulating in our neighborhoods, right? A dollar in the black neighborhood circulates minutes, mm-hmm. right? And others, it's years, it's so on, right? So, so the reason why is because we don't own anything. Yep. That's ownership. That's right. representation, right? So you're right. This these these companies are jumping on this diversity and inclusion thing. But you know what? If it took and I'm not saying and I'm not saying this right 
you know what I'm saying? All respect to George Floyd. If it took that to move the needle mm -hmm. to where now we at least getting a seat at the table, right? That's one of the big arguments. But but it's not just a seat at the table because now I see you do it. I can make my own table now, especially with social media in the way. Look at your podcast, bro. Like you you out there reaching, reaching all kinds of people right now. Yeah. If I can see you do it, then I can do it myself. Yes. If That's I can I get it. Target, if I can get Target, right to do it then i can do it myself there's so much power in seeing that there's so much power in seeing that because then you can believe it i can see it jewel talks about um and, and i'm not diverting this from from mm -hmm. the from the race thing but she talks about in her class how she had like lgbtq plus uh, when kids, i first started right? gay straight alliance and and, and and the kids would come in and they would say years later they would come to her and be like thank you or or even even in that moment they'd be like thank you i thought that the only thing that i could do was be a hairdresser or an actor a hairdresser or a designer like Jeez. like come on because that's all they had seen in tv like right this is like 10 years ago and yeah. you can't talk to anybody about it because right nobody I'm knows feeling these feelings i'm feeling these feelings i'm locked up i'm in a closet i'm doing whatever and i don't know how to navigate this stuff it's the same thing like being black like um how do i know that like our son just had a career day bro you know what he said he wanted to be an optometrist an ophthalmologist Who, ophthalmologist sorry ophthalmologist look i messed look i didn't messed it up you know what i'm saying i don't even know what it is like where does this kid get this stuff from you feel what i'm saying but at yeah. the end of the day like eye doctor bro why you want to be an eye doctor because usually when people go to the doctor um they get bad news eye doctors always make people happy because they get contacts <laughs> they get contacts and cool glasses you feel what i'm saying you know how much power That's is in that like i wish i wish i wish i wish i wish that I had something like that coming up. Right. Yeah. And that you could think that way. I wish that somebody believed in me enough. Yeah. And you know why they didn't? Because of what I look like. Yeah. Because of where I came from. Because well-meaning white teachers decided what my fate was going to be. Yeah. So you like basketball, Davon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got kicked off the team. Well. <laughs> There you go. Um. <laughs> but I, I, I know we diverted, but sorry, I, sorry. it just so happens no, no, that no, no, I know no. that business, and it's because we've been talking about where do you put your money? Where do you put your money? And and I'll even like I'll broaden it out. Think of how many taco shops are not owned by Mexican people, but have Mexican workers there. Yep. Right. <sighs> and so then one opens, and then it doesn't take off because it's expensive or whatever and it, it it just gets pushed aside because of whatever generic is there if they get a contract they become a chain yep right i'm taking my money to them oh yeah i want you to have your chance yep and and, and to me that's the same thing regardless of why that i'm gonna sense. help you no, that, that makes sense that one hurt that makes sense. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. Why like that? this is this is and this is how blinders happen, right? I, I just automatically assume that that a Mexican person owned a re Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. You understand like, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like but now I'm like, dang, she's right. Yep. Just like we used to assume that if we bought black hair care products It was from it was a black owned business and it wasn't. No. And that's why it was stripping our hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was some white guy going, you know what? Give them this. My, yeah. My naps look luxurious. They look today. fantastic. I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> yeah. Like y'all know y'all can't see me. But. So uh, this is this brings up a this brings up a great point. I love being wrong. And mm -hmm. I love I love mm -hmm. kind of people telling me, you know what, no, 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 hold on. I see how you think that way, but yeah. blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. 
my biggest beef, my biggest gripe right now is we don't have that at right. the moment because there's so many people that are so like emotionally charged and like I'm sure someone goes to that target and goes, ew, why mm-hmm. do they have that corner there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then walks away. Then there's someone going, oh, is this okay? Okay. And then there's someone else like, yeah, hell yeah. You know? Right. Joe Copeland's going in there. Fuck, give me all the shirts. Yep, all black all everything. Yeah. Yeah. I would see like a white dude wearing that and being like, all right, guy, we get it. You have, you have black friends, you know, you're still, you're still <laughs> racist. Uh, <laughs> but it's because I assume like, oh, yeah. you're pandering and yeah. we've been and fed so much of this stuff. And I have asked that question so many times that now I see something like that. And I know where you're about to go. I wasn't. Give me, oh, okay. All I right. wasn't. I was going to say go that there. we're in the middle of another pandemic and that is the pandemic of well we'll agree to disagree and then stop right. talking yeah and i think that we need to and be pissed and just be pissed and then like hold on to that but my point is saying that you agree to disagree used to be something polite but the problem with that is that it ends the conversation mm-hmm. so when i say we need to raise our stamina for having these conversations it's because you need to keep going i don't Smart. have to agree with you but i do want to understand yo it's 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 more simple than that the purpose of the con- of a conversation mm-hmm. is to engage with someone so that you can get their perspective there is no right there is no wrong there is no this there is no that i am not talking to you to change your mind mm-hmm. i'm talking to you because i'm enjoying the fellowship with you and i am trying to get a perspective so that so that at the end of the day to me right now this moment in my life the most important to thing to me right now are relationships with people that I have. And if you're not moving the needle in, in, in a positive direction or, or challenging me or pushing me to think and absorb and to be better, more better today than I was yesterday, there's no reason for us to really engage like that, right? right. And I think the problem that we have today is, is that conversations aren't about perspective anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about right or wrong, yep. yeah. right? Exactly. And, and here's the thing, and I'm telling everybody that's, that's hearing my voice, Bro, sis, and everything in between. Thank you for that. It is is okay to be wrong. Oh, 100%. It is not okay to stay wrong. 100%. It is okay to be wrong. It is not okay to stay wrong. Just because something makes you feel uncomfortable, there's that stamina piece. Mm -hmm. Just because something makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean that you got to push up against it and bug back. Sometimes you just gotta sit with it. And I, I'm about to I'm about to give you something, right? We, I, I just went on a binge where I was like watching these black movies because something happened and I was into my feelings. Like it happens to all of us, right? And <laughs> yes. so um, the second <laughs> yes, the second yes, movie yes, that yes. we watched was the first time that I watched the movie Harriet, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's a good one. It, there's a scene in the movie right after Harriet had just uh, been freed the first time, like been freed as in ran away from from the her slave owners and janelle monet is like the madam who um has been in philadelphia the whole time and she was like uh you know harriet's looking at her and she's like all right let's get this out the way she goes yes i am black yes i am free and i've been free all my life and i own this house right because harriet was like in law like oh my god this black woman right so cool she answered that question then she goes now we're going to feed you, but we're going to have to wash you up So, because you stink. So I'm going to draw a bath for you, right? And so let's go. So they walk upstairs, right? And 
you're thinking, wow, this woman's wholesome. She's great. She's helping this woman out. And Harriet says to her, she goes, I stink. Maybe you don't know what what running away and trying to get your freedom smells like. And in that moment, Janelle Monet's character did what we should be doing now. And, and I'm going to tell you what she did. She took a deep breath and she apologized to her. She said, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yep. You're right. She didn't sit in that discomfort. She didn't walk on eggshells. She acknowledged the struggle that she went through to get to where she was at. She didn't dismiss her. Mm -hmm. She didn't degrade her. And the intention that she had when she walked in was to help her. But the words that she used, the impact of those words. Intent is different than impact. Right. And so if you're not willing to have a conversation that makes you feel uncomfortable because it hurts or it blows up your right. belief yep. that Christopher Columbus like discovered America. Anyway, if right, <laughs> then you you just got to check yourself. Yeah, that's it. So. My question for for both of you is how do you talk to kids about race? You talk to other people's kids? Mm -hmm. You talk to your own Do you what do you do now actually? I Dave actually on. work at a college. I work at Western Governors University. I do military outreach, so like And Oh, and um <laughs> I actually have two jobs, right? So <laughs> um my second job um and this is probably the one that that speaks near and dear to my heart is I'm a resiliency building leadership program adjunct instructor. And so I um, teach people. It's a professional certification mm -hmm. uh, that people get. And it's about building resilient teams. It's about treating people with dignity and respect. It's about diversity and inclusion. It's about extending trust and gaining trust. It's about taking people within an organization and bringing them together and understanding that we may have differences of opinion, but all together we're here and we got to make these things happen. So we got to make it, make it, make it work. So I actually have two jobs. There you go. That's, that's crazy. Um, In retirement. That's, wow. It's all, it also, it's kind of crazy that the idea that we have to teach that. Like there's, it's just, it's so, and I think that speaks on yeah. our diversity, not only on skin color, but like people's experiences. Um, cause I used to do not nearly how you would do it, but when I worked at, um, I worked at the city of Poway, yes. I worked at, uh, like Poway day camp and I was a Brown kid telling white kids what to do. Mm -hmm. And at first I was teaching them and these were, these were the, the, the counselors, so the counselors, you know, I was in charge of them and I taught them my first year. I taught them you do as I say, you know, don't ask because mm -hmm. I'm in charge because that's how I was taught. Yeah. yeah. Then I learned about um, what's it called? What's that word? Uh, intelligent, emotional intelligence. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. I learned about emotional intelligence. EQ. Exactly. EQ. Look at that. Um, that's a technical term. EQ. And uh, I learned about that and I was like, oh, shit. You know, maybe maybe I react well with do as I say because mm -hmm. I'm in charge. Other people don't. And the younger kids, the 18 year olds, 19 year olds, I was 25, 24. Still not that much older, but, but I you had the juice. You was 25 and you were in charge. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And my ego just being like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm the lead. So <laughs> you got to listen. But then taking a step back, I'm like, oh, these kids are a little bit more coddled. 
they are the type of people that need to understand why they're doing something. Mm -hmm. They need to constantly be patted on the back. And all these things are easy to do. So it was, hey, I noticed you talking to that kid over there. Great job. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they would be like, what? Really? Yeah. Great job. What, what did you tell them? And they tell me. And I'm like, okay, cool. So you just taught me what you taught them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Keep up the good work. And it, they'd be like, <laughs> and the rest of the day I'd see them. And like, they'd look at me and be like, work extra hard. And I'm I got like, em. holy I got crap. That's it. Yeah. So That's it. that, yeah, I, I get That's you on important. that front. But anyway, uh, tangent over. Um, how do you teach kids? Joel, I'm going to go to you first. How do you teach other people's kids about race? Um, I think that the, not necessarily misnomer, but the, the, the misguided thinking is that I have to teach them about race. Mm-hmm. They kids, know. kids are already experiencing race. You teach high school. So for those of you that don't know. So when they show up, the first question I use now in the last three, four years, right, is at what point did you learn what race you were or are, right? That was my next question for both of you. At at what point did you learn? And always, and I keep asking it because I'm waiting for a new answer, always the response is a negative connotation. We were the only group that got pulled for state testing. We were in a store and someone used a derogatory term and I asked what it was and it was a bad word, right? Or we got followed. Or we got followed in the store and I said, why are they doing that? Well, that's how they treat us. It's always a negative connotation. And so once you tap into that and you give students a lens, (laughs) um, it's really easy to have discussions on race. And in the events where they feel uncomfortable, my tried and true tactic is to type up statements and give it to them in small groups when I used to be in the classroom. And I would have them take turns reading them out loud and say, to what degree do you agree or disagree? Or to what degree have you heard or had experience with this statement? And then that opens up the aperture for more conversation, right? Because it's not me saying it. I'm just reading what Copeland gave me. Right. Right. So it, it, it allows this out and then they can say, well, yeah, I have heard this or I didn't even think about this as a bad thing. But my coach says this or my aunt says this or. Right. So so I think that that's part of it. And so they know about race. It's giving them the space to discuss it. I think a lot of times we are socialized to not discuss it, right? If you're in a store with a young kid and they go, hey, look at that black guy, right? And you go, shh, like black is a bad thing. Yeah. Right? It's just what but they see. It, it's just what they see. Whereas if they said, hey, look at that handsome guy, you wouldn't be like, shh, yeah. right? So you're, 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 oh, you're, <laughs> you're, you're enforcing this idea that race is something that sh- should be shushed, that shouldn't be discussed. Mm-hmm. So we're socialized that way. And I guess what ends up happening in a classroom setting is you have to break that socialization and make it okay to talk about something in a respectful way. Um, and once you create that space, I don't have to teach them about race. Yeah. There's a level of comfort that comes. Yeah. So it's, for me, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, it, it's, it's about dialoguing. It's different with our kids. It, it is very different with our kids. So I'm a youth, youth wrestling coach also, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, I coach. What does this guy do? <laughs> I coach Crazy. at Mira Mesa. And, again, it's super diverse. And I think that the best way to teach kids about race is to have them fully immersed in race 
with other other races mm-hmm. other people and, and i think that when i was growing up i played sports i never had a problem with describing a dude as that black dude that white dude that mexican dude it wasn't until i got into my professional world yeah. where somebody would be like uh who was uh, it? that tall guy that yeah. tall guy over there bro is he black is he white is he mexican is he this is he that and people would get really uncomfortable yeah. with it and and to be honest like as a black person right you can know people that are that are comfortable with you and not by the way that they say black black guy over there the you, you know what I'm saying with the red. like you know what I'm saying like so so for me I teach it by by um bringing the kids together but as far as our our kids as far as our kids um we are honest with them um we use music Toby Nwigwi mm-hmm. hella black um <laughs> um but um uh you know we we watched probably like 2 years ago the great debaters mm-hmm. Denzel Washington um, so we 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 show them, we teach them, and then we have conversations. Like, you know, the teacher over here, yeah. right? What do you think? We hit pause, mm-hmm. and we have a conversation. Uh, so much so that um, we were watching a Marvel movie the other day, and which one? It wasn't a movie. It's it was one of the series. One of the, of the series shows. because you have to watch it because it connects. That that's a whole other conversation. Yep, Shield. And I would mm-hmm. totally be yeah. down to come and have a conversation about Marvel. Oh, 100 percent. As uh, soon as you were like, "Is that Thanos?" I was like, <laughs> "Yes, sir." Um, My man. But the the guy is an alien. He comes to to the United States, and um, you know they've already been like, "Oh, yo, we are the epitome of illegal alien." Yeah. And our and our seven year old hears it, and he's like, "Okay, he's got that, he's got that." And the police arrest this dude, and and he goes, "That's how they do black people." <laughs> <laughs> so just got all puffed up. So I'm just saying, like, you know, we 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 are honest with our kids. Um, I also think it's easier now. I th- think that in so in 2015 they did a study, and there were more trucks than there were people of color in kids' books. <laughs> and, and I can go back and I can find the that's exact a, percentage. That's such a random. <laughs> but it, but it, it was it was by a, by a lot, right? right? Like you, more than 50%. Like a ridiculous amount. Like a ridiculous amount that there were more trucks than people of color in kids' books. Just so, just so you know, like the world should know that you're the only person that would know that. In the, well, room. in the room, in the room, in the room, in the room right now. But that's something a high schooler would be the educator. Like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. But the, the <laughs> high schoolers are dumb. We're, we're dumb. That that speaks to right that we're in the middle of this social revolution, this this element of change. So that it's it's so easy now to find books for little kids and start having those conversations early. Like we have a. Um, I am Jackie Robinson book. Mm-hmm. And I read that with them before they went before, like they were four and five. And we looked at the pictures and little Jackie Robinson says, I wasn't allowed to go to this swimming pool because it was whites only. And then one day a month, everyone was allowed to come, but they emptied the pool after and then refilled it for the rest of the month. Jeez. So, why did they do that, Mom? Yeah. You and, and then you start talking, and you don't you don't lay it on super heavy at first, but you do say it so that they aren't shocked. Yeah. Here's the thing: when you do that, like at, at the end of the day, 
all of us are indoctrinated into believing that that that, that black is inferior and white is superior bro all of us are mm -hmm. right so black people are jacked up by it white folks are jacked up by it, and everybody in between let's 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 just throw that on the table right right so as parents i think that it's our responsibility to walk that back so that nobody else tells them who they are mm -hmm. or how they have to be or how they have to operate in the world right because if we're all conditioned like culturally conditioned to, to to think that then that means throughout all of our lives we're going to think that where black folks are inferior that they should be dismissed that they should be demoralized and that they should like um just devalued at every intersection of life right but if we capture it when we're younger then we can have them be resilient enough and have that stamina to 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 be strong in areas that i may not not have been able to get to in until now right as a, as an almost 40 year old man you understand what i'm saying like I think it also makes them resilient to try new things because they can. Yeah. Right? G Paul wouldn't have been able to do this, but I can do this. Yep. So um, other kids aren't going to be able to have this opportunity, but I do. So I need to make the most of it. Other black kids will say, I can't do that. We don't do that. We, we say it all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? That's something that black. Uh, we don't do that. We don't We don't go to the ocean. <laughs> right? We don't go. Well, why not? Because that's that indoctrination. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, it it is funny. I ain't gonna lie. It is funny. Like well, you know, we ain't it? jumping out of a plane. It ain't happening, right? <laughs> but you, you have. Know? But I but I'm jumping out. Because <laughs> right. we we so same thing. When I was in um when I was at uh city of Poway, there was there were you know some older high school kids who were black, mm -hmm. and they were like, we go fishing. And they'd be like, man, that's some, some white people shit. Hey, hey li oh, man, I got a story. I don't know if I should tell it. I don't know if I, you, man. I oh, man. All right. So shout out to Samaya. So, if you're listening. so I'm throwing this out there. So so um, Christy is the culinary arts teacher. Right. And she always makes the best food. Mm. So we moved into the house in Esco, and we had to do a whole lot of stuff, Remodel. remodeling and everything. I by, saw that you guys killed it though. Okay, by we had to do a lot of remodeling. Um, I mean, my back was hurting a lot. She she gave a lot of food to me though. I was very <laughs> look, you, no, you're not going to dab me up on that. <laughs> no, this is a new office. Look at you. No one saw that. You're good. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. No. So anyway, let me grab these. Yeah. Keep so going. Anyway. Keep going. Keep going. So Christy calls and she's like, she's like, hey, I'm thinking about coming over. And all I'm thinking is, hey, tell her to bring something because it's like Thanksgiving time frame. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Christy's going to bring us food. So Christy comes over and she drops off this pie. And she's like, just to let you know, I didn't bake the pie. Strike number one for me. So you bringing us something over that you didn't cook. And, and for the for the listeners, Christy's white. Okay, so Christy's like, I didn't make this pie. I'm like, who made it? And she said, Bren made it. And I was like, Strike one, strike two. Who, Bren, Bren, Who's stop Bren? playing. You know who Bren is? Who's Bren? She's white too. Okay. Um, well, so I'm like, Strike two. I need it. Then she goes, It's a pumpkin pie. Listen, man, black people don't eat pumpkin pie. We don't. Do a poll if you want to. We don't do it. We don't eat pumpkin pie. We don't. We eat sweet potato pie, right? right. I'm, I'm being serious. Like, it's yeah. a cultural thing. No, and yeah. this was... Uh, cool. 
So it's like three o'clock in the morning, everything closed because we in this COVID environment, right? That's right. Ain't nothing to eat. I'm losing <laughs> it, but I'm not leaving until I finish what I got to do. And so I'm like, Jules, like, baby, the only thing that's in here is this pie. <laughs> the only thing that's in the here. That's we don't it. have a kitchen. Because we don't have a kitchen. We don't we have no anything. Food. <laughs> we, we She's like, the only thing that's in here is this pie. And I was like, just cut a little piece of it. I just need something to get me through this. Yep. The sugar rush. Listen, man. So apparently it was it, it wasn't it just was a pumpkin an pie. Upside down sweet potato pumpkin pecan pie with cake mixed into the batter. Next level next level stuff. But it I was ridiculous. So so listen, That's I've crazy. never tasted anything that, that was so good. So then I was like, Oh my God, I feel so bad. Do you have Bryn's number? <laughs> She's like, why do you want Bryn? Because I need to apologize to my white friend, <laughs> right? Hold on, wait. So then I do what every black person would do in that situation. I call a black friend. <laughs> and I say. Your black advisor. I call my black friend and I yeah. say, hey, bro, what you doing? He's like, what's up? I'm like, bro, I got to tell you something. He goes, what you do? And I said, bro, I ate pumpkin pie. But it wasn't no normal pumpkin pie. <laughs> and I told him what it was. And in the background, his wife yells. Me too. I did it too. Just like that. So so I was like, man. So we called Christy and Mike and, and we're like, hey, um, yo, I really need to apologize to Bren and you. Like, and I explained the whole I'm not eating the thing, like whatever. And she goes, Wait a minute, black people don't they don't they don't eat pumpkin pie? I was like, We don't eat pumpkin pie. But that was bomb and like the way that you guys mixed it up is like how <laughs> how 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 the world should be. It's like that 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 pumpkin pie was like Drake. <laughs> <laughs> black and white black people love it white people, white love, people it. love it Asian love it and, and, and yeah. I was like tell Bryn I appreciate it and I didn't know that white people was doing it like this but I like how we bringing it together with food you know what I'm saying so so that's the story like you know? I will point out she also called back a couple hours later because she had to call another black friend to make sure like just ask them randomly like do you hey, do yeah, you yeah. pumpkin pie do uh, yeah and we're coming like, over no. we're, we're coming over to bring pumpkin pie I don't we know don't what do you're that. bringing that for <laughs> you know, you know. toss it so what she called. It over yeah. and toss it. She called to confess, and she's like, "So yeah, it's two for two. <laughs> Ask anybody. Ain't no black person eating pumpkin pie. Now, I want to piggyback off of that because while all the jokes are fun and all that, yeah. you were earlier you were talking about, and I and I always I always quote uh, this rapper Earl Sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. He used to say, oh or God. he says, <laughs> he says, uh, "Too white for the black kids, too black for the white." Mm -hmm. Yeah. So obviously, I speak. I don't say fool every other uh, mm -hmm. you you teach at Orange Glen. You've mm -hmm. been to Orange Glen. Right. I don't wear dickies all the mm -hmm. time. You know, I mm -hmm. quote unquote dress like a white guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so all my kind of young adult life, I've heard, oh, oh, you're Mexican. You speak yeah. so well. Yeah, you speak well. And black people get the same. You speak white. And Chance the Rapper said the same thing. Mm -hmm. He was like, why, you know, why are people saying, I mean, I don't remember the actual quote, but um now when I do things like this it's just because that's how I grew up and I was told don't buy dickies don't slick your hair back don't mm -hmm. don't do these different things your shirt's way too big people are gonna think you're in a gang mm -hmm. so that's how I grew up I also grew up like say things correctly don't call people fool mm -hmm. I've heard dudes call teachers nah fool yeah. don't do that <laughs> um, I don't think any of my listeners do that but if you do don't do that um, <laughs> so where's that kind of fine line of like 
loving your culture because I had an identity crisis for a while mm-hmm. too. I was like, I don't want to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. I'm not Mexican. That's I'm not illegal. I'm not an alien. I'm not a mm-hmm. you know. Um, is that kind of like an identity thing? Is it where does that cross over? Where is it okay to cross over? Where can't you cross over? So yeah. I have so many thoughts on that, and I'm going to try and answer your question without going on too many tangents. You will, and we but, will. And yeah, <laughs> and that's all good. Too many. Yeah. So I think that it is an identity thing, but I think that it's this element of kind of, and I feel like self-hate is a strong word, but it is that. Yeah. Like we we are taught to disassociate from certain elements of our own culture. That makes us they're who we are. Bad. Right. And so... I think that it is part of this socialization (laughs) that happens and we have to be very conscious of it. So what I tell students is that your language is your power. Right. Right. So being bilingual makes you more powerful, but being able to code switch also makes you powerful. And whether you are a minority or not, when you are sitting in this classroom, you are young. And in many situations, that is still a strike against you. Right. Right. To be young in America means that. I said that earlier. You're an idiot. Yeah. So you have to overpower that because you're going to get the, well, all young people eat Tide Pods. Right. You're, you're going to get those associations. So you have to overpower that. That's what I'm drinking right now. Right. Tide tea. So I think that. One of the things that I do is I use a lot of sentence frames, mm-hmm. right? And we make fun of it in the beginning, right? So if you don't know the answer, you have to say, um, I, I don't have the answer yet. Can you give me a moment? And they'll say it like, I don't have the answer yet, but can you give me a moment, right? right. When you are telling someone where what, do, what page in the document you're looking at, you can't say, hey, you'll look at number three. You, can, you have to say, I'd like to refer you to number page three. 33 or right. page three, right? Um, if you have a question, you have to ask your classmate, could you clarify what you mean by? Wow. And Per my last email. Yes. And they don't like it at first. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I wait for them to complain about it. Oh, wow. I wait for them to complain about it. And then I hit them with, look, I don't know about you, but when I was young and my mom didn't speak English well and we went into a store, I was called upon to answer questions that I shouldn't have had anything to do with because they needed me to translate. Because they did not think that she was capable. Ask your mom, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yep. Right? And so, if you can hit that manager, if you can hit that individual, that officer with, can you clarify what you mean by, I would like to draw your attention to, Yep. can you give me a moment, please, it automatically flips everything about the situation that you're in. You demand respect now. You demand mm. respect now and you're going to be treated differently. You're empowering them. So language is power. And whether it is code switching or having access in multiple languages is important. And whether that's overcoming an identity crisis or not, it's something that we need to teach kids that who they are is an asset, not a deficit. Check this That's out, good. man. You say, say, it, you hold on oh, one second. Ahead. Say that one more time. Just who you are is an asset, not a deficit. Very important. 
earlier you said something that that reminded me of a conversation that I had. This woman, she used to come in. Um, this uh, Mexican lady, she used to come in clean that our ba- clean, clean our bathrooms. No, at CSCS. CSCS. She used to come in. She clean our bathrooms every day. And I'm the type of person that like if I see you, if we make eye contact, like you're saying hi. I have mm-hmm. to. I'm you not just saying hi. Human I'm stopping yeah. in my tracks, and I'm, and I'm right. Yeah. And if I see you cleaning our bathrooms every day, then I'm going to let you know that I appreciate you every chance that 100%. I get. So I stop her one day, and I talk to her. She's like, yo, why do you talk to me every day? Right? Older woman. Right? Latina. I'm like, because I appreciate everything that you're doing. And she was like, yeah. You. And so we develop a relationship, and she had three girls. Right? Three girls. And she ain't let none of them know Spanish. And I, start, I, I talked to her in Spanish one day, right? And she was like, yo, how you know Spanish? I was like, me and Spoza. What'd you, what'd you say? Spoza is made kind of yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, word, right? And we, right? And we connected. And then I was like, why wouldn't you want your kids to speak Spanish? And she said the same thing you did. I'm not, I'm not illegal. I'm not this. I'm not that. And, and you asked what the fine line between culture and, you know, doing whatever. She did that shit as a... She did that as a safety right. mechanism for her children so that they wouldn't looked, be looked down upon. And here's the messed up thing. I've been to all kinds of countries in the military. You know what the running joke is? They say, what do you call somebody that speaks three languages? Hmm. Trilingual. What do you call somebody that speaks two languages? Bilingual. Bilingual. What do you call somebody that speaks one language? American. <laughs> that's true and so we and so we and, and so you're here in san diego and i'm i feel i feel ashamed every day that i don't know spanish that's true you understand what i'm saying yeah. so so and we're looking at connecting with people globally like the economy and how what's going to make you more yo i don't understand why escondido don't have a fully spanish immersed school. like school because every kid can learn spanish and those kids that know Spanish gonna learn Spanish better, and then they gonna learn English, and now everybody's bilingual, and now we're connecting deeper, well, and our kids are smarter and right more now. than bilingual, biliterate. Because unfortunately, we have a lot of people who speak Spanish but who cannot read and write at high levels. Oh yeah. So biliteracy is another aspect, so that you can use it in a professional world outside of just being a translator. Right. And I did want to bring up. Two, two things, right? So that line, that line between, yeah, what's up, right? And, and the code switch, like the earlier that you learn how to code switch, the better that you're, you're able to navigate this world that, that we have in front of us. Right. Like, like it is a safety, it is, it is a safety mechanism, right? But I think that, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the purpose of communication is to be understood. So if you understand me, right, I could speak, I could speak, you know, I could, I could, I could manipulate the lexicon better than, than most people, right? But if, if you hear a accent or a tone to my voice and it makes you think that just because I speak uh, with the slang that, that I should be devalued, Thug. that's a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to leave that this is the last thing that I want to talk about with that. I just read an article about how black girls are being treated mm. in the United States and how they're they're as a group, they're suspended more than 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 some boy groups, right? Black girls in particular. And so in New York I think it was, it was. four black girls 
in middle school or at lunch and they're laughing and joking and an administrator comes up, right, educator, whoever, comes up and says there's no way you could be that happy without being on drugs. These are these are middle school kids. Wow. There's no way you can be that happy. At school. At school. Because it's four black girls being loud in the lunchroom. So what they do is, is they take these girls and they say, we're going to strip search you for drugs. Three of the girls say, yeah, okay, check us. One of them says, no, you're not checking me. That girl gets suspended from school. The other girls get strip searched. Now, I don't know how extensive the strip search is, but any search because kids are laughing is a problem to me. 100%. Right? And so culturally, I look at that and I think those black girls were loud. They were boisterous. They were probably commanding attention, controlling everything, right? Having having complete control of their words and all that other stuff. And instead of looking at that as traits of future leaders, right? Well, I'm glad because, you're having a great day. Because 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 in my mind, somebody that can control a conversation, somebody that demands attention and respect, right, just from being in the room with them, that's a leader. That's something that I can mold. That's something that I can that I can turn into whatever. So instead of looking at those little girls as as power and strength, you looked at them as a threat, incorrigible, or, right? Or that, that needed you, to be. You looked at them as if you needed to train them to be small for the right, space, right? Right. And so you need to speak in a docile tone. You need to make everybody around you comfortable. And here's the thing: in other cultures, that might be acceptable, right? But in our culture, I'm pretty sure that my aunt, like. I learned how to be strong from my aunts, from my, from right those women, the matriarchs in our in our in our in our in our family. You understand what I'm saying? So if I can see the power in that, then why can't you? Because because why? It's only one thing. It's only one. It's only one thing. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So so when I think about when I think about that, that's what I think about. Like there is a line, but I think that whatever aperture, you know. However, whatever lens people are looking at, instead of looking at our kids and vilifying them, you need to look at, at where their strengths lie and mold them. Because that's what teachers are supposed to do. That's what educators are supposed to do, right? Yeah. We're supposed to do that. And I think that there's there's a distinct responsibility in education to use your power to help as opposed to using your power to hinder. And I think a lot of times we get this pobrecito mentality where, oh, they're learning English as a second language. So we're going to make this easy. We're going to take it down here because they can't do it yet. Dumb it down. Dumb it down. Do. Right. And fair. then we are not empowering them. We are socializing. We are feeding this deficit model as opposed to an asset. Right. And we're ultimately um, reinforcing these negative ideas with the idea that we're helping Right. And it's that intent and impact. Right. And I think that those are a lot of those systemic things that we need to start vocalizing and saying out loud and and, and breaking through. And then I also think part of the identity crisis is that we hyphenate in America. Right. So. I'm Mexican-American. I'm Asian-American. And even though I'm going to tack on that American, I'm not really American. No, you can't be. Right. Somewhere else. You're a, you're so, a foreigner. You're so an I, I, I am something other. And so I think that, that, that the, the culture of that that we've created 
where we've claimed it as a melting pot and it's not, (laughs) um, I think that it's really important that at Orange Glen High School, we've reclaimed that this is what a patriot looks like. Love that. Right? Because it's one identity. And it's so interesting because there's a lot of people who don't like it, who look at it and they're like, why Why are you doing that? This is what a patriot looks like. Why is that all over the place? That is disenfranchising. And I'm like, no, it is not. That is empowering. It is. You are what a patriot looks like. This is what a patriot looks like. You are a fabric of this nation on this campus. Yep. Right. And I think that we need to start having the conversations so that we can sift through the identity crisis, because if I can say it out loud, then I can identify it and then I can get better. I was just so for Women's History Month in my classes, we're starting each class listening to powerful women speak and not just historical women, just women in general right now. And last week we listened to Lily Singh. Right? YouTuber, comedian. Yeah, do I love her. Okay, she's awesome. And she gave this really, really great interview. And in the interview, she talks about being hurt efficiently. Uh And she says that every time she got better, it was because she came out of a dark space. That she learned how to be happy because she knew what made her unhappy. And that I think one of the things we do to kids is we don't let them feel their emotions, right? We tell them, this is what it is, this is this, now get over it and go sit down. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah. And I've done that. You have done that. But one of the things we also do. I'm gonna do that, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna do that. (laughs) But go ahead. (laughs) One of the things we also do is you're allowed to feel your emotions. So if you're mad at us, you can be mad at us. Don't be disrespectful, but you can be mad at us. You're allowed to feel that. You're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel mad. And it's so weird to me that we think that kids shouldn't be allowed to feel emotions and that they have to be happy all the time. And that somehow them being upset is something that needs to be punished. Right. And that's that's kind of like a if you're not with me, you're against me kind of thing. Well, at the same time, we're upset. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We're not looking at ourselves. but No. So it's it's this weird disconnect. And so when I look at that and you you let a kid feel what they're feeling in the identity crisis because it's real, right? When I showed up at school and people said, is that really your mom? That was a conversation that had to be had, Yeah. right? Are those really your cousins? Yeah. Or when you walk into Spanish mass and they're like, who's this chick, right? Like the, the, those are things that are real. I have to feel those emotions. But if you silence me, then I disregard part of me. Right. You don't get to tell. And then you don't get to tell who you are. But if we get to talk about it, if I get to proudly identify as an Afro-Latina, if I get to tell you who I am, there's power in that. I am given the privilege of explaining. And then still getting to say that I'm allowed to have my feelings about America as well. Right, because you're well. You're an American. I'm American. Absolutely, and there's and, and I gotta be honest with you. And I wanted to say this when you said when when you were talking about that. There's nothing more American than coming to another space against all odds. Yep. And achieving. Yep. So you are American. That's the American dream, and I, I feel like now it's been catered to. 
I don't even know. With, with, with like with the the whole Patriots thing, mm-hmm. the Patriots in the Wild, not the people that go to Orange Glen High School. Yeah, the Patriots in the Wild are the people that voted for for a different president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they voted for Trump, and they're yeah. like, "Well, we're I'm a patriot, so then I can't use that anymore. I can't wear a, a shirt with the flag on it." Well, first of all, you shouldn't be doing that. But also, if I wear one of those, people will be like, "Oh, that guy's you know voted for Trump." Why can't I love America and be liberal? Yeah. Why can't I love America and be or the U.S. and and be a brown or black person? And I think that's one of those things where, like, that's where it gets the other side. The more of, like, the radical left where you go, oh, I love being an American. What do you love about this country? There's oppression and there's this. Yeah, but there's also a bunch of great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We got a brown guy leading a podcast with two black people. Mm -hmm. Different age ranges. We're here. I could be like, fuck the president or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to prison. Right. Whereas you go to, like, North Korea and you say, I hate, boom, prison. Yeah. If you are it's allowed to like get that. on the ra- air, air, airwaves at all. Exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. And I think that that comes from the not having the conversation, the looking and assuming, and the the assumption that patriotism is nationalism. Yep. The assumption that, that all of these things fit into these specific categories. And you know what I love about this, this, this generation, right? Right. It is um, not the you're young and you're stupid it's the they don't conscribe to boxes no nah, they don't we're not a monolith mm-hmm. and, and, and i'm telling you i am so excited every time that i talk to young people mm-hmm. because they don't care about the stuff that like not that they don't care about it but they don't care if you white black this that yep. yo like if you like rock music if you like this like there's a book that i read um uh, by Torre is is called who's who's afraid of the post blackness and he talked about the time that he jumped out of an airplane right and it was like everybody assumes that this is the way to be black everybody assumes that this is what it has to be so if you um if you speak intelligently intelligence isn't black right it goes back to what you were saying right, right? these kids now man they don't care about none of that stuff and i think that it's it it makes me feel so great right Right. Yeah. It makes me feel so great to 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 look at young people right now and just be like, eh, we ain't worried about that. Mm-hmm. Right. And not only that, we kind of have this, and I have this uh, kind of cocky attitude of like, oh, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 gonna do it. And like, I, I tell people this all the time, where I'm just like, I get asked all the time, hey, do you do product shoots? Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you do this? Yep. Yep. And they're like. What don't you do? And I'm like, nothing. Nothing. What is that? Dude, exactly. Give me something to do and I'll do it. Because otherwise I'm stuck in a box. Mm -hmm. I'm stuck in the box that I was grown up to just kind of, you, no offense, Mm -hmm. you go to school, Mm -hmm. get good grades, go to college. That's it. You get a good job. That's it. Next thing. Exactly. Next thing is a family. Then you get a home. Then you get, what about the rising house? You know, Mm -hmm. The houses are expensive. Obviously, you guys know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruh. I mean, starting a family, it, it's expensive. Bruh. It, some people don't want to do that. You got you all of that? Listen, listen, you got all that? I ain't get none of that when I was growing up. Yeah. I ain't get the, I ain't get the, all I got was, yo, Just get, don't a good, die. get a good job. Yeah. That was good it. Job. Good job. Get yeah. a job. Get a job. You ain't even got to finish high school. Just get a job. Yeah. I think that you guys are not shooting all over yourselves, right? I should. What? Shooting. (laughs) 
we're, you're not shooting all over yourself. Yeah, I should that. do this. Hey, I should do that. Old, so. yeah. yeah. Shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not shooting all parents, over yourself. That's what parents are good at. Shooting yeah. on you. That's really good. I yeah, like that. I'm, I'm actually really I, I good think at that, that. I think that that's important. And I also think that older people are uncomfortable with young people doing this. So oh, yeah. we make comments like, oh, they're entitled. They think they should have everything. Why shouldn't they? Yep. You're too smart. Yep. You know why? Because everything's at their fingertips. Yep. They are smarter. And I yep. think that the reason that they're okay with Just everyone saying. and everything is because of not only that they grew up in an internet world, but their world is so much smaller because of it. And the fact that you guys play video games with people from other countries, right? You're interacting with you them process in, fast a, in a way yeah. you, you process so quickly. Like it's, it's different. So I, I think that that is important for any older people listening to the podcast, if yeah. they know what a podcast is, right? <laughs> no, no bull, no bull, like, no bull. Listen, listen, our son is learning about stocks right now and he's in third, third grade. Third grade. So you know what I did? That's awesome. I was playing around with him and I mean, we didn't make some gains in our stock game because he's playing stocks. That's freaking awesome. And, you know, <laughs> I could say a lot about Draji, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, Jarji's the man. I don't he, even know him. He's a freaking man. He is. He is. He loves to learn. Yeah. He, like he just does, and I think that's it's because books. it's something that it is a part of him naturally, but that we're not stifling, mm-hmm. right? So if he has questions, he's not getting shushed, which a lot of us did. A lot of us do, and when I think about things like a good job, we have a friend who is a plumber and he makes who more wants to be a plumber who wants Dude. to be a plumber you need to yeah. want to be a plumber because he makes more money when he came to get our house ready that we just rented out An he hour. made more money than our neighbor who's, a, who's lawyer. a lawyer yeah stop playing yeah i'm gonna say that again yeah. our plumber friend makes more money an hour than our lawyer friend and, and a plumber's like well you're a ditch digger kind of thing my goodness looked at and went to school for what a year and a half and he's got a dope truck that has a whole bunch of milwaukee stuff in it that is true so milwaukee I just, stuff is expensive it's dude. super you don't know expensive. about tools <laughs> shit i mean <laughs> <You're right. laughs> um so i just my show. <laughs> all of these shoulds right and i and so when we think about a good job when we think about this trajectory that we're supposed to be on like we shouldn't be on anyone's journey but our own but you got to be empowered to do that. But you have to be empowered to do that. And even things like with like marriage and kids. <laughs> so when I soapbox in front of students, I tell them that they shouldn't have kids until they're 30. Yeah. I right? Mean, yeah. <laughs> like, because pre-COVID, you want to travel first. And it's expensive to travel with someone else and the baby and they need naps and all this other stuff that's not even fun anymore. And you got a whole lot of bad decisions to make, bad mistakes to make. I'm yep. telling you, like, kid, like, stop it. And be a kid, man. You want to (laughs) be empowered to make decisions like whether or not you're going to be part time. And if you're going to school or if you're establishing your career, you don't have time to do all of those things. Figure all of that out. We live longer now. You don't need to be in a rush and you don't need to do it on your parents or even your grandparents timeline. Right. Like we, we, we just don't need to do that. So this idea of a model trajectory, especially for women. Especially for real. women, but but I will say this: there are two things that a, that a woman should do. Or be, 
who she wants to be and what she wants to be. That's it. That's Good it. Man. Yeah. I would love to stay home and cook and clean. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why that's so looked down on. I love If that. you ask my wife right now who the best stay-at-home parent is, she'll tell you it's me in a New York second. 1,000%. Really? And even when I... We, even when we, he was active duty and I was teaching, uh-huh. he would wake up, he makes breakfast, he would pack my lunch and give me my coffee and my water and all my smoothie and that. my snacks. I love that. And, 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 and then send me off with it. And when he was gone, he was deployed, I didn't eat as well because my wife right, was, wasn't there. <laughs> right. My dope husband yeah. <laughs> wasn't there to take care of those things. No, like, and he's more patient than I am with the little kids. He just is. It's because I had brothers and sisters, though. And I did not. And you did. Are you, were you were an only, only child? I grew up as an only child. I, ha, I am one of seven, but I am like. That's another story. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, you guys got the kids, and I know you should you should get going. Yeah. What time is it? It's just already five. We've oh. been talking for an hour. Oh, we missed jujitsu. <laughs> 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 My bad, guys. I'm so, I should have asked about the the time restri- no, restraints. Sorry. No, um, I appreciate you both um, for being here so much this mic sounds weird better better hello anyway whatever um thank you both for being on here i appreciate you taking the time because uh, you have five kids so uh yeah i mean i would ask where do you guys want to give out like your social handles or anything or i don't nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> public figures man they can't be doing that crap uh you can follow me at mayorca media m-a-y-o-r-c-a uh m-e-d-i-a <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um on instagram uh subscribe to the youtube and the podcast and all that stuff do you guys want to add anything else you were both amazing guests and i appreciate you being here oh, we totally appreciate you sharing your platform um to allow us to come here and talk and i gotta be honest like um hearing hearing my wife talk i gotta be honest i i, I feel like um watching you in your element is the most sexiest thing in the world so i appreciate you um for for amplifying our love for one another um so thanks i think that this is an an awesome moment of full circle right when when you have kids on your campus in your classroom and you don't just get to cheer them from afar but you can participate oh yeah i think that that's it's 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 a beautiful moment to have um but i will say to you felix i i complimented you once and then when you were talking about and you were like what what are you what are you proud of me about and then um when you were talking about your work as a counselor you kind of downplayed yourself um you said not on your level and i think you said not on the level that you experienced i think multiple I times myself that's right and here. i would encourage you blowing it yeah i would encourage you to see yourself fully fully yeah for for all that you are all that you're doing and to appreciate this moment of hustle because you're doing right now for someone what she did for you that's true uh no yeah i and honestly the reason i asked you to be here because i know that you've had so much impact on so many kids i appreciate you saying that you know, I've I've been killing it or whatever, and I tell myself that. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna or lie. Whatever. <laughs> Dude, I'll book a wedding and I'll walk outside and be like, "Woo!" 
good. <laughs> there's a class out there. I'm drinking a beer. I'm like, let's go, dude. I killed it. I own my life. Um, but anyway, so many people at home are like, oh. Um, no, yeah, I know you've 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 made an impact on the the kids that went to Orange Glen, and we both spoke to freshmen at yeah, Orange Glen, and I remember you. And I always think about this when you talked about just dis- disrupting. You're like, always oh, show up, disrupt, disrupt, disrupt. And I'm like, man, I remember hearing that, and I was like, dude, I gotta, I definitely gotta. St- First of all, I gotta step it up. Second of all, I've got to disrupt. I've got to be the, right. the 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 person who sits at the front, mm-hmm. or the person even here. I'm out of my element here. I don't do CrossFit. Yeah. But when I show up, I show up. I stand in the middle lane. I'm constantly thinking and like asking myself questions and and can I actually do this? Is this too much weight? It. I'll look around. And I'll see. You know, there's like 60 year olds here pushing a ton of weight and I'm like yeah. I'm gonna learn from this guy so I can get better and like I'm constantly just That's like right. brain's always going I you gotta it. disrupt you gotta disrupt and you gotta break yourself you gotta break it and build it and break it again and just keep exactly. going man exactly cause impossible is nothing right yep impossible is a compound word I'm possible, possible. damn that's that leadership stuff right there <laughs> I think that that's beautiful we get stuck in functionalism yeah. Right. So you learn that ism is the great love of, right? So we have um, Felixism, right? We have great love of you, right? right? But there's 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 romanticism, great love of romance. There's terrorism, great love of instilling terror, right? There's there's all these ism words. So functionalism is great love of the status quo, okay. and. I think that there are so many people who don't want to disrupt because the institution is functioning for them. And just because it's functioning for you doesn't mean that it's functioning for everybody. And so I think that that functionalism is what has created the boxes, fit into the boxes that work in this function. And the beauty of this generation is the elimination of those boxes the disruption, and then the identification that this function doesn't work for us all. Yep. yep. And that's okay. The quote unquote, good job after college. It's not I for everybody. That. It's not for everybody. Yeah. My, think, my good job is not your good job is not his good job is not it. it what is, what do you mean by that? That's my favorite question. Yeah. Cause then a lot of people don't have the answer. They're like, uh, Pay my pay my bills. It's like what what else? I mean, <laughs> it's like, dude, I'd rather be poor, and I've said this a lot. Yeah. I've, I'd rather be poor and like do this for the best of my life, than work at some like I don't know government contractor. I have friends that make like hundred thousand dollars and they just sit and like file papers. Yeah, like dude, I want to kill myself every single day of my life. If that's what you did, yeah. I'm like, I mean, and some people love it, mm-hmm. and that's great for some people. Some people are plumbers. Some people are office people i'm not yeah you guys aren't no (laughs) so well thank you all for listening um i hope young people you got something from this because i sure as hell did um thank you both again for being so transparent and talking to me and um hyping me up i will continue to disrupt and uh honor both of you (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) thank you so much uh see you on the next one bye That was, that's almost two hours. Sorry. I've never, no, 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 I love that.